Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you, yes you dear listener, on a journey into the Crucible for a weekly or every other weekly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of Discovery. I am currently your host, somehow still here, even though they apparently took that away from us, Zach Armstrong. It is so good that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Ed will be back in just a few short episodes, dear listener. Worry not, uh, still haven't confirmed he actually exists and the uk government is giving you the runaround but we're gonna find him eventually uh we have back with us today more of us who after we had him on last week to talk about the keyforge adventure rise of the key reagan uh we're bringing him back uh as we do with all our guests to talk about a deck that is unique special interesting to him something that uh just he loves to talk about or he had a great experience with and so he has brought a deck today and we're gonna dive into it what it's like, what it does, and any and all of his stories about it. How are you doing today, Mortavis? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. I'm, I was relieved uh, to discover that uh, you wish to have me back for the second episode, uh, oh. despite the incoherent ramblings uh, in episode number one. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it is yeah. it is good to be here, and uh, boy, do I love to talk about this deck. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited, and you... I finally have an excuse for someone to listen to me to talk about this deck, so I'm so excited. <laughs> you you did, you warned me when I said, hey, Mortavis, what deck would you like to bring? You did, you warned me. You're like, I talk about this deck so much. Is that okay? And I'm like, that's, that's actually the entire point. That's <laughs> the entire point. Uh, so with without further ado, what deck have you brought? And why do you like it so much? Well, I have brought, uh, firstly, my absolute favorite deck of all of all mm. decks. Uh, I like many decks. I love many decks, but yeah. there are none quite like, air quotes, Rumble, on air quote, Salim, Quarry Composer. That is Rumble, mm. Salim, Quarry Composer. Uh, this is a mass mutation deck, uh, and it is the perfect example I mean, there's so many great examples of this, but this is a perfect example of why you have to play your decks. Really? Because this deck, uh, well, I mean, maybe as you look at it, might look like kind of cool for some different stuff. I think I, I opened this deck and just did not understand. I did not understand it. Yeah. Um, not that it played poorly, but I just did, I didn't understand what made it ticks. Uh, and, and I probably have uh, maybe... 60 or 70 games which compared to many others is not not a lot but for me <laughs> for me is quite a number of uh, games with with a single deck um, and i am still learning new stuff about this uh, and uh, thusly it is uh, the perfect deck for me uh, it has so much to 
so much to teach and so many absolutely wonky things about it. And I am a Keyforge player that enjoys the wonk, enjoys the wonkiness. Uh, and this, this deck definitely does it for me. That's great. I, uh, I'm imagining from this name, Rumble Salim, Quarry Composer, I have, uh, long story short, there was a job I had, I'm in marketing, uh, but long story short, I ended up around Quarries uh, quite a bit and then did a race in and around to Quarry. So I've been in Quarries and now I'm imagining uh, this composer perhaps conducting one of uh, their original works in the bottom of a rock quarry. Mm. Uh, this uh, Salim, who may also be called Rumble from, from time to time. So that's well, quite, I mean, you, you get a lot a of rumble. Name. You get a lot of rumble in a quarry. You know? <laughs> Maybe part of the composition uh, that Salim has includes the uh, the rocks in the quarry. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. So uh, I'm seeing here uh, logos, shadows, and untamed mass mutation. Like you said, uh, plenty of plenty of enhancements uh, coming coming in here. I think a total of ten, which is fun. There's uh, six damage enhancements from Splinter, which is pretty fun. Uh, but have uh, where have kind of these enhancements ended up in interesting ways? Are there any enhancements on these cards that are particularly fun or or effective the way they've they've ended up on cards? Sure, sure. Uh, so uh, well, we can start with the the damage enhancements. I won't necessarily list everything off because there are yeah. quite a few of them. But uh, the damage enhancements uh, are quite nice because this deck in in Logos uh, boasts double Qmex. Uh, and the nice thing with the damage is uh, they are split a little bit uh, across each of the houses. Logos mm. actually has the, the most uh, damage enhancements. Uh, Shadows only has one uh, on the shoulder id. Uh, and then we have the the actual the the double pop song of the wild uh, damage enhancements <laughs> with two, with two uh, uh, two damage enhancements. And those are really great um, just for being able to recycle the QMEX. Uh, yeah. and, and put those in the archives. Uh, so uh, really, really uh, one of the, I mean, it, it's part of what makes this deck uh, kind of uh, tick uh, is is the ability to play these QMEX and also uh, to kill them with, uh, with damage enhancements and put them back into the archives uh, for future use. Um, we have uh, two, two uh, draw icons, uh, care of the Infomorph in Logos. Um, and uh, one one of the draw icons is on a library card, which is mm. admittedly a little bit sad to have it on sure. something that purges itself. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. I still I still love you, Rumble Slim. It's okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, but the the other uh, one is actually on uh, the Shadowsmith, mm. uh, which uh, I spoiler alert I will talk about uh, in some depth here later in the in the. Uh, uh, in the conversation, uh, because that one actually can be can be very very important. Uh, yeah. And then lastly, I would just have a couple couple amber pips. So I guess I did end up going through them all. Lost in the woods, uh, and uh, I think it's odd cloud. No, not odd cloud. I'm sorry. Lost in the woods and Nexus have the uh, the amber enhancements. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a the, no capture enhancements, but uh, the enhancements it has for the most part are are effective um, and uh, provide some some amount of value. Yeah. Uh, again, maybe with the, the exception of the library card. <laughs> sure. And the, the, like you were talking about with the Q mix and then the six damage enhancements across the cards being such uh, synergy is just one of my favorite things about Keyforge is that you can discover that synergy in a deck. And there's, uh, you know, some other decks will perhaps recycle their Q mix, but they'll still be completely different than, than yeah. uh, Rumble Selene. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and um and the the nice thing with that splinter, as you mentioned, is uh it's 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 nice that it has the single splinter uh, as opposed to the equivalent double mutant cut purse. Oh, right. Uh, which would yep. get you the same number of enhanced um enhanced damage pips. Right. Uh, so it's kind of kind of handy that uh, it just has the one sort of vanilla enhancing creature. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, Splinter is a cool card. <laughs> yeah, I, cool card. I like Splinter. I think it's it's worth the slot for the the six damage across because mm-hmm. there's just so mm-hmm. many targets. Uh, there's so many targets that you want to hit with one or two damage and those damage pips will often get you there. And the mm-hmm. other advantage is that in Open Archon, you're looking at somebody's list, you know what's enhanced, but uh, if you're trying to play around their damage from hand, you don't know, actually know where the damage is. Yeah, you know, if you're exactly. trying to play around that with a restoring Guntis or or uh, doing some sort of play with a, a Dusk Witch. So mm-hmm. uh, now the so the Shadow Smith here, that's a, the three power creature, mutant thief and shadows. And it says each mutant creature gains elusive. And I see you've got uh, eight other mutants in here. So why why is the Shadow Smith uh, just giving that elusive to mutants? Uh, so critical well so it's actually interesting the um the uh, the elusive is sort of a well it's it's beneficial it's got some key creatures we have the cephaloist uh, and fandangle uh, being two notable mutants that uh, are are handy mm. to be able to protect yeah uh, and actually have uh, pismire as well uh, so we kind of have like the trifecta of untamed uh of mm. mutated creatures if you will um so it's it's nice for protecting those, uh, but uh, it, aside from that, it's really the the placement of the uh, drop, oh, hip, the drop which hip. is oh, which is okay. actually the, the so it, to be honest, it could have been oh. on any any creature in the shadow suite, yeah. Um, but it happened to be on Shadowsmith, which is which is fine. So there are, there are definitely some situations where uh, protecting the mutants, um, you know, trying to protect the Pismire uh, is is going to be very beneficial. Um, but in this case, the the draw icon is is relevant because, um, if you will allow me to start my tirade, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the uh, the logos in this deck is uh, kind of uniquely positioned uh, to work itself towards a large library card turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mentioned before we have a library card. This deck also has an auto encoder, um, which. Sorry, Splinter. Usually, Splinter gets auto encoded, um, but uh, so there's there's like a fair amount of uh, chaff that can get auto encoded, which is actually a way I like an auto encoder deck. Um, you know, I like I, I feel a little bit sad when I get pull an auto encoder deck or have an auto encoder deck, and it just has a bunch of really good cards. I'm like, oh well, I guess I'm not going <laughs> to discard much. Uh, this deck definitely has some right. cards that are situational or don't don't work well all the time. Um, but the real kind of trick, and we will eventually just just hold with me, dear listener. <laughs> we will eventually get back to the shadows uh, tease there. But um, uh, we also have hide and vellum, uh, the, mm. the the pair, uh, the whatever I don't know what they call them, the unique pair, not unique pair, the uh, linked rarity, I think. Linked linked rarity, um, one allowing you to draw two cards if both of them out. The other allowing you to archive two cards if they're both out on reaps. Um, and then we have the two Qmex, uh, and then kind of the thing that really ties this logos together uh, is a bouncing death quark. Ah, um, and so okay, the, I'm starting to see this here. The trick here is, uh, I mean, the dream setup, and it doesn't always happen, but you can get close to it very frequently, um, is to play out the library card 
uh, and it's possible to get to the library card care of some of the QMEX. So you'll you'll play QMEX, uh, hopefully get into your library card, play it out. Um, and uh, if you've got hide and vellum out, or at least hide one of them out and the, the other in the discard, you can essentially bouncing death quark uh, to kill your, both your QMEX, uh, kill your opponent's creatures, uh, as well as hide and vellum or either one of them uh, that's still in play, uh, thus archiving uh, all four cards into your archives. So you'll have the double QMEX uh, and the hide and vellum in the in the discard or in the archives. And then from that point, you can just kind of go on your merry way, playing whatever houses you want, collecting more Logos cards in hand, uh, and then ultimately taking a, a library card turn that can have potentially up to, you know, eight, eight, nine Logos cards, um, which ends up being quite explosive, uh, especially with the double QMEX, uh, each of those allowing you to draw one for the playability of the QMEX. QMEX and uh, and from the library card as well. Uh, so all, all in all, that ends up uh, ending you in a situation where you have like a pretty big hand, pretty healthy hand of non-Logos cards. Uh, and one interesting thing about the Logos too is I think we got two, four, six, eight creatures. Uh, mm. So it in and of itself coming out of a library card turn represents a real threat on the board. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to potentially reap for six to eight if Hide and Vellum are back out. You've got the drawing and um, and archiving uh, that can happen there as well. So, uh, kind of like kind of works around this logos, building up a big hand uh, that isn't logos and untamed. Um, and uh, from there, you've got some tricks in untamed. Uh, so we've got uh, a ghost talk with double lost in the woods uh, and a single song of the wild. So you can call an untamed turn and still activate uh, to great effect. Uh, much of much of the logos board not much of it but uh, you can you can you can activate uh, you know potentially your hide and vellum if you have them lined up and this is yeah. the type of deck where like i just always i'm in the habit have of playing hide and vellum next to each other uh, yeah, at all time at all times because then you can get that that sweet sweet ghost talk that is um, that is awesome yeah <laughs> it's it's pretty nice um and yeah so you can you can play out an untamed turn but kind of the trick i was uh, mentioning earlier um, with the shadows uh, was if you end up in a situation where uh, you've basically flipped over the discard pile uh, and you've got your deck, maybe you've just taken a big library card turn um, and you've probably drawn into a fair amount of shadows, what you can actually do is uh, use the power of autoencoder. Uh, so this again would be coming off maybe a big library card logos turn you, you call shadows and you essentially discard shadows uh, all the way down uh, so there'd be nothing in your discard pile. You discard all the way down. So you deplete your, you archive all of your, uh, what's left of your draw pile. Yeah. Um, uh, into your archives care of the autoencoder. Uh, and then uh, bring in the Shadowsmith. Uh, so once you've completely drawn all of you, you've archived all of your deck, uh, you then play the Shadowsmith out, which flips your deck, draws one of the, you know, oh. eight Shadows cards that you played. And right. then you follow that. Uh, with uh, the the little hidden secret, the ransack, uh, which can potentially oh allow you gosh. to ransack for what? a predictable amount. <laughs> oh my gosh! I feel like two hundred IQ gets us halfway to that play. My goodness! <laughs> so that that is a uh, uh, listener. If you weren't quite following with the rules there. Um, uh, you only flip your discard pile over and shuffle it to turn it into your deck when you go to draw a card. 
but your deck is empty. Other effects like archive the top card of your deck or that sort of thing like autoencoder has would not flip it. So a draw pip being on the Shadowsmith is what will actually let you turn that discard pile back into a deck uh, to basically activate a superpowered ransack. That's awesome. Yeah, That's and it's awesome. It's it's not something that I've managed to pull off in a real game. Uh, the, 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 I will say I will say the the, the more realistic uh, version of this sure. uh, is is actually Care of Untamed. Uh, so okay. I've got the double lost in the woods. Uh, so what what often will happen uh, is um, is all lost in the woods shadows creatures. There's kind of two options I can go about it. Uh, either lost in the woods. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I usually try and get the ghost hawk to recycle that, but um, you can lost in the woods to to stuff back logos creatures uh, to give you a more potent library card turn, uh, or uh, you can stuff back uh, shadows creatures, three of which are enhanced, which is nice. So you can get uh, like a, a more ember off of the ember pip on the the nexus. So I'm not sad about that generally. Yeah. Um, you can stuff those back, uh, and then also kind of increase the odds if you will don't tell me the odds <laughs> you can increase the odds of your ransack uh that yeah. way um yeah so it's a uh, it's a uh, this deck is i i just like love it and part part of the reason i love it is it has some of these little kind of mini games that i was talking about in the previous episode where you've got the like the mini game with the library card bouncing death quark mm-hmm. where you're trying to set up a big library card uh, you've also got the kind of this mini game with the ghost talk lost in the woods where you're trying to like uh, in song of the wild trying to line that stuff up yeah. uh, and then it has the the nonsense with the ransack which you can potentially pull off um and i think like it's just the perfect intersection of all those things for me uh where if i even if i'm playing and losing i'm still like trying to <laughs> trying to come up with one of these uh, objectives for myself uh while while trying to make it happen um and uh so i i guess we didn't mention the fact that the the deck also does have triple vandalize yeah uh, in shadows uh, which is a surprisingly effective way to uh kind of disassemble opponents in opponent's deck um the the deck kind of does a little bit of weird um uh, a little bit of a weird disruption. I don't even know if you would actually consider it disruption, but I consider it disruption. Um, so with the Lost in the Woods, I'm typically trying to target either really important creatures that my opponent has, um, or I'm trying to s- basically uh, muddy up their draw pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm very very infrequently taking two creatures of the same house from their side back into right. the back into. Uh, the draw pile and most often i'm trying to look at what they played the most of already uh, and trying to recycle those back into their draw pile to to uh, eventually muddy up their hand again um and then the vandalize uh, obviously is a little bit more uh maybe active disruption in that you're trying to get get rid of uh key pieces uh that you don't really want to see um and I think three is a pretty happy number, actually. I usually, I usually find that yeah, I can find something in their deck that I would rather not have uh, them playing um, mm-hmm. it, across at least all three of those. Yeah, yeah, Vandalize is is very good for that. Uh, which, uh, if you don't happen to have seen Vandalize, it says look at the top three cards of your opponent's deck, discard one, and put the rest back in any order. So. And uh, I think that's such a great thought about Lost in the Woods, thinking about how it relates to 
the math of what how many of what houses are left and trying to disrupt that at least through picking creatures of two different houses so those creatures can't be played you know basically on the same turn when they're drawn you're increasing uh you're increasing how how many different car how many cards there are across different houses in the Mm -hmm. deck um yeah that's really uh that's really uh i like that a lot that's a good move um yeah i like that a lot so there is a card in here that i'm honestly pretty surprised it hasn't come up yet uh (laughs) tell me you're chuckling because you know exactly what i'm gonna i'm gonna ask about here uh tell me about choosing whether or not to play amber lucian in this deck uh well uh i will i will say amber lucian uh, is a really really cool and fun card uh, for yeah, those yeah. who aren't aware it has omega that's uh, an action uh untamed on uh, an untamed action uh, with the play effect destroy each creature each player player reveals their hand and puts each creature from their hand into play ready uh, so uh, this is actually the only board wipe uh, that Rumble has, mm-hmm. um, for better or for worse, and I love <laughs> what it. A board I wipe love it, it just the same <laughs> uh, because this is, is like it a totally. Board wipe? <laughs> I mean, it's something. It's, it's something. a board wiper and replacer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so there are. I'm gonna. Th- I'm gonna bring a couple, a couple great uses. I think. I think great. Uh, so caveat there. You know, asterisk. Uh, Mordavas approved great plays for ambulation. Uh, <laughs> Number one, one of my number one favorite plays for Amberlution is uh, player one, you have seven cards in your hand, Amberlution. Turn yep. one, play Amberlution. You empty your hand. Uh, this deck has 21 creatures, so it's pretty often that it's going to have a hand with at least a couple creatures. Uh, there's uh, two, two benefits here. Uh, first of all, you empty a boatload of cards out of your hand uh, onto yeah. the board, um, some of which may, may be threats that your opponent needs to deal with. Uh, on on their turn uh, obviously they're getting the same the same deal uh, you get a little bit of knowledge i mean they can see your hand you can see their hand uh, so you can see what else is coming obviously their creatures come into play ready so a little bit of um a little bit of a threat there or a little bit of uh, risk there but uh it i don't find that it's typically a situation where uh, i mean it certainly happens where you where you have have a hand your opponent has a hand where they you know, have two creatures and two actions of the same house or something like that, in mm-hmm. which case eh, it kind of hurts. You might have four ember that you give them or something, uh, but they may also have to spend some resources trying to deal with the fact that you just spewed four creatures on the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other kind of uh, surprise benefit, and, and I should say that this works particularly nicely if you're the first player with seven cards in hand uh, and the, your opponent has just mulliganed. So they only have five cards. So that's mm. a that's another kind of key thing that you're like, okay, yeah, right. Well, that's that's nice. Um, the other benefit as the person playing it uh, is you get to draw back up to your uh, hand size. Uh, so you empty as many cards out as you can as a first turn player across multiple houses potentially with the creatures, uh, and then you draw back up to your your hand hand limit of six. Whereas your opponent sure has the uh, ability to activate their creatures, but they aren't going to be playing any more creatures uh, from hand or developing their board any further right um right so so that's that's uh kind of number one uh, uh wonky strat from Mordavas on the amberlution play um i i primarily use it as a uh sort of 
oh oh shoot uh you know i, I really need a port wipe right now uh, <laughs> right uh, option uh, but it does often get fed to the autoencoder gods uh, sure. but i i will I, I will say one other uh thing that i've theorized um with uh rumble and i sh- should probably clarify i don't really think about many of my decks much but i just like this one so much and it has so much to offer that i actually have spent a fair amount of time just thinking about some of the different card interactions and right. <laughs> uh so one of the one of the things i like to think about is like what would i do uh because rumble has uh, aside from the nexus no artifact control whatsoever yeah uh, so no no hard r cannot uh cannot deal with uh any of the big name artifacts um and mostly it relies on vandalizing them away if it can uh, right sort of <laughs> how um, thematic you rely on vandalizing the artifacts so that they <laughs> get used. That's i mean it's it's nice it's a comfort knowing that there's at least a potential that i could play a game against a deck like a heart of the forest and in like right. have right. sort of an out just, um, yep, yep. Yeah. but the uh the other you know one that i often think about is uh the quixel stone of course being the uh, starlance artifact that mm. says you can't play creatures uh, if you have more creatures than your opponent. Um, and uh, so my solution, not that I played against a Quixel Stone deck uh, that has has been effective, is to simply auto-encode as much of my deck as I can. Uh, right. Because I won't be able to play creatures. Again, it has 21 creatures. You just auto-encode the entire deck as much as you can. Uh, and then when the time is right, you play Amberlution. And for those who aren't aware... Am- there's a there's a very very important distinction on Amberlution, because Amberlution says each player reveals their hand and puts each creature from their play their from their hand into play. The distinction being they do not play the creatures, they put them into play, which will step around the Quixel Stone. Wow! Uh, so then what you'll end up uh, then what you'll end up with is a very one sided board. Uh, which will likely involve something like 15, 20 creatures versus an opponent who just played all their creatures and, you know, out of their hand. And, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I, again, I haven't done it, but that's uh, another potential use for the Amberlution, at least in this particular deck. Amazing. Uh, amazing. I love that remote possibility of the right matchup and then Quixel goes down and then just Amberlution, literally everything because you archive it. I uh I I also have a love for Amberlution. I it was playing in an online league and borrowed a deck for uh, I was playing a format of 25 or more creatures and I borrowed a deck from a teammate, you know, electronically. Mm. And it had Amberlution with 25 creatures. And it was an awesome deck. So awesome I actually bought the deck off of the person and they and they shipped it to me. And I have to say that it really feels good to amber lucian when you have like over 20 creatures like in your deck and uh you're more likely to have a hand where you go you know this is a pretty good amber lucian hand it would be tough for my opponent to like do better than this and so many kind of uh you know hot decks have like really good play effects and you get to skip those and if it matters Mm -hmm. determine what order those creatures are in the battle line my Mm -hmm. uh my Amberlution deck also has Grimlockus Ducks, which has Taunt and then Play Exalt this creature twice. Uh, so I get to skip that on Grimlockus. It's, um, yeah, it's it's silly and it's wacky, but it, it ends up getting you some weird advantages when the time is right, when the time is right to play it. So uh, mm. I love Amberlution. Uh, maybe not a, not a top tier card 
always or in a deck with smaller creature size. However, I think it totally has moments where it shines and will oh, make yeah. your opponent scratch their head. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it is a it is a card that really does require a lot of restraint, though. Um, it's not mm. it's not the type of card that. I mean, Says even the man who even, plays it, player one. Yeah, one. well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, even then, like there are situ- there are a lot of situations where I wouldn't play it turn one because sure. there's just too many variables. But the, um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it just requires a, kind of a lot of situational awareness. Um, and I I say this particularly as as a more vanilla board wipe in a, in a more uh, board wipe uh, situation because uh, often what's going to happen is you can have an opponent that's playing out of one or two houses out of hand uh, to, you know continuing to develop their board um, and uh, that basically means that they're going to have a single house left in hand. Um, and that actually can pose a problem for mm. uh, uh, an amber lucian white because yeah, of course, if they if they've all, if all they have left in their hand is you know six shadows cards, three of which are creatures, you've basically just given them three reaps and the ability to empty their hand on their next turn, anyways. Um, so there there are definitely some some situations, and as as far as board board wipes go, I would argue it is the zaniest of the board wipes. Uh, but maybe not the most effective uh, from a uh, getting yeah. ahead on the board uh, situation. Certainly, it's certainly no like gateway to dis uh, or even like savage clash or something like that. Yeah, uh, certainly some are definitely more straightforward, um, but none are quite as evil cackle inducing as playing Ambolution player one turn the one because that is just um, any anything your opponent was dreaming about how or the early game would go is now out the window <laughs> and things have completely changed. Yeah, uh, I've have definitely had funny. a number of players, a number of players after doing a turn one Amberlution, like like say in chat, like what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? Huh? Like, where did all my cards go? I'm like, ah, <laughs> Chaos Reigns. <laughs> Welcome to the Crystal <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the wild and wacky world of mortemoss we're playing <laughs> oh my gosh oh that's awesome um as uh uh so uh, imagine uh no no pandemic related health concerns imagine uh, uh imagine um no no other responsibilities uh and you can travel to any vault tour with any any kind of keyforge format or variant uh to take rumble to which which one would you go to if you were going and wanted to play in a vault tour? Whether or not you're a vault tour person, would you would you go adaptive? Would you try Archon solo? Like where where do you think you would have a great time with? Uh, I, so I think uh, I mean pro probably adaptive, mm-hmm. um, and of course you know the reason for saying adaptive is that it's it's maybe not uh, it's it's like sort of straightforward to play, but it's not straightforward to master at least that's my perception i'm sure there are absolutely stunning players that could just look at this and see all these things and and go to town with it but of course you know not now i've just come on a podcast and described all my secrets but that's (laughs) that that, that Uh, is the call of discovery (laughs) way that is the call of discovery (laughs) way so i think probably probably adaptive would be the best bet with it um like this deck does quite well i would say uh in in uh, Archon as well, uh, at least for me, it's 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 well. Although you know, it does well. Although it's you know, it's hard for me to say because I just have fun playing it. So right, <laughs> even if I lose, I'm like, well, I still had fun, so it's fine. You're like, wait, um, my win rates what? <laughs> yeah, I th- I think it's uh, it sort of has some surprises. Um, 
it struggles with, there are definitely some things it struggles with, um, you know, certainly some type of uh, control, uh, you know, some control the week heavy stuff is pretty challenging for it as well as mm-hmm. really any type of really potent rush. Uh, so um, sure. this deck just does not really have the Ember control to, uh, uh, to deal with that. Um, and you know, I, I described one situation with the ransack, but like, that's obviously the absolute best case scenario. And it takes you almost an entire game to set up. Right. So, right. uh, not, not really a, f- a feasible option. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the, the board or the deck tends to go pretty wide. Um, and it has this, um, ability to reestablish itself on the mm. board very quickly. Uh, mm. And again, that's primarily care of the, the Cumex and the Hayden Vellum. Uh, I think I was playing against Philippe, uh, who I believe has been on uh, on the podcast here. Maybe it was help from Future Self. I can't recall. Maybe it was, maybe it was help from Future Self. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've uh, played this against him. And that was one of his remarks after playing playing against the deck was just like, you kill stuff. Uh, and it just, you know, as, as soon as you wipe the board or whatever, the board just comes back. Uh, and then you're kind of back at square one. So even in even if it's playing sort of just a fair game uh, without something like the library card uh, mm-hmm. advantage, uh, card advantage, it has the ability to kind of um, establish a board that can be pretty wide and pretty threatening turn over turn. Sure. Um, and even if you deal with that board, you know, you've you've likely that's the, that's the value of the double QMX. Um, you don't necessarily draw logos cards that you want to play, but um you end your turn with more cards than you would have previously had in hand. And they're of only two houses. Yeah. Um, so kind of the follow-up turns. And, and that's uh, one thing I like to say with, um, with that library card turn, particularly with this deck is the thing that hurts, uh, w- the, the, the thing that hurts most uh, as an opponent playing against Rumble uh, who, that has just had a large library card turn is not the library card turn itself. It's the subsequent two turns right. <laughs> where, where the absolute coffers get just unloaded onto the board uh-huh. um, that, that can really start to be pretty challenging. Um, so I know that that's uh, got, a, I went off on a tangent again. I could do that all day with this deck, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, I think for Archon Solo, it's, um, it's a relatively resilient deck. It just lacks some of the potency. Uh, that you really want to see in in kind of top tier sure. uh, Archon Solo. It's, it's, uh, it's got threats, but maybe not like finishing moves to to just clo- close out that game. It can get on the board, it can reap out, it can recover. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which will which will can take it far, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just got to you got to hope and pray to the architects that those vandalizes hit whatever you're trying to hit if yes. you're going for like an Archon. Yeah. Situation. I do. I do love some good, some good <laughs> disruption like that. That is, that is great. Well, Mortivus and Rumble, thank you so much for joining us on this deck discovery episode, uh, Mortivus, where we got to talk through uh, Rumble Salim Quarry Composer with all of its many very cool tricks in in logos with the library card setup and and just pitching shadows and vandalizing things, and then uh, Lost in the Wood tech, which I had not thought about yet. If a uh, Beware, listener, if you ever hear about me winning the game, it's not because I'm inherently good at the game. It's because I've interviewed so many smart people that I have obtained 500,000 little Keyforge tidbits, like (laughs) how to play a smart lost in the woods. That is all it is from. Don't believe anything else you hear. I only ever go 3-3 at large tournaments. (laughs) 
so Mortimus, uh, thank you again. And if somebody is just jumping in and didn't hear last week, uh, where can they find you online? Sure. Uh, so I am uh, just Mortivas, M-O-R-T-I-V-A-S. Um, a little little side note here. It's actually Mortivas is a uh, adaptation of a Magic the Gathering card called Mortivore, uh, oh. which, uh, which uh, uh, I think it's a Lurgoif. I don't actually know how you pronounce it, but it was this uh, like un- regenerating creature that had power equal to creatures in your graveyard or in all graveyards, your graveyards. I don't know. It was, wow. It was cool. Um, just a small tidbit there. But yes, of course, uh, Mordavos, not Mordavor. Mordavos uh, on Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, in pretty much any Keyforge Discord that you could find. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And I am uh, happy to field any any messages or or tweets or anything like that i love uh love interacting with the community and uh it's absolute a joy and privilege uh to be able to hop on uh, for these episodes zach i uh do appreciate oh, you course. thinking of me we yeah we are we are honored uh honored to have you on honored to have you on uh and as if you didn't catch it last time uh it was fate of course because mortivus is the only non-host owner of a call of discovery sweatshirt at the time of recording, so I'm kind of hoping somebody has uh, gone ahead and doubled the number of non Call of Discovery hosts owning Call of Discovery sweatshirts. That link is in the description. And thank you so much for listening today. If you are enjoying Call of Discovery, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app of choice. And if you're new to Keyforge, please visit that new player guide on Archon Arcana, the Keyforge wiki. That is linked below. Get yourself started on your own unique journey into this wonderful game. And if you're looking to support us, Call of Discovery, monetarily, you can visit our Patreon linked also below where you can sign up to support us monthly and enjoy rewards like our exclusive Discord where we get topics and questions for the show with our lovely people. And you also get to hear Beyond Discovery, our behind-the-scenes show where Ed and I just do some unedited banter about what's going on the show, what the plans are, and uh, various other silly topics that come up. Let us know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows by interacting with us across all of social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also send us an email at podcast at callofdiscovery.com. But more importantly, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? 